What made you feel loved today? See, now that's way too loud. You're listening to Swept Together, the story of a modern romance between two adventurers at home, at work, and on the road. We're your hosts, Annabelle and Christian. Join us as we explore the world and make our home together, wherever we end up. Because after all, home is dealing Dealing with with change. Hello, we're back for another episode of Swept Together after a little teeny tiny mini break. And I mean, I think we talked about it on episode 68 that you were going to be gone, but yes, um, last week, Annabelle was at a conference called Alt Summit and um, we didn't record an episode because she was super busy and we couldn't get our stuff together <laughs> yeah. for an episode. But anyway, how was Alt Summit? It was great. So Alt Summit is, yeah, what is, it? <laughs> is a, I think the full name is like Altitude, Altitude Design Summit. Oh, really? Altitude Design Summit. Altitude or Altitude? Well. Who are you? I can't Are you an Altitude speak. person or an Altitude person? I think I say Altitude, but shortened, it's Alt. Design Summit. I, I think that's the full name. But anyway, the everyone calls it Alt or Alt Summit. I've it's only heard you say Alt Summit. Basically a blogger's conference. Uh, and or like creative, a lot of like creative... Uh, industry so like small businesses people who craft and make things um like diy bloggers well people yeah diy bloggers but also like um i met a lot of like illustrators and people who create physical products um did it start off as a blogging thing i think so they're in their this is their ninth year and then it turned into more than just bloggers turned into physical product people too yeah i mean it's it's like just a creative conference um but it's a lot of bloggers and a lot of the um like speakers and stuff are geared towards bloggers what did you do at at alt summit so i was their official videographer official official did you have a badge i did have a badge did you have two badges no i just had one badge oh um, but basically, it was a three-day conference in Palm Springs at the Saguaro, which you've probably seen on Instagram. It looks like a rainbow. It was three- Wait, wait, wait. You can't just say it looks like a rainbow. It doesn't look like a rainbow in that it's not rainbow-shaped. <laughs> it's rainbow-colored. Right. So it looks like a rainbow. It's colored like a rainbow. <laughs> uh... Anyway, anyway, so, um, so basically, I was doing video for the conference, and now I'm frantically sorting through three days worth of footage to create their final films, which will be coming out soon. One of them will probably be out by the time this podcast episode comes out, but anyway, I'll be sharing those. Um, cool. Yeah, so it was very weird. I like flew, I left you in Tampa and I flew home. To I think Houston. I left you in Tampa. Well, yes, <laughs> you left me in Tampa, but I flew from Tampa and then I flew back to Houston. Right, because I am no longer in Tampa or I wasn't 
in Tampa anymore. I left. I left Tampa. And after being there for, what was it, like six or seven weeks? Yeah, yeah. We left Tampa. And then um, three days later, I ended up in Houston. Um, and Annabelle was still at the conference. And then she flew back a few days later and met me in Houston. Yep. In a totally different park and a totally different state. I went through three different states without you. I know. Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana. I had beignets in. And I'm super bummed because I haven't been to any of those states. I know. Now you can't even. I just skipped them. You can't can't put them on your list of states that you've been on. Not yet. So wait. So that means that I have more states than you. Yes, it does. On this thing. Mm Because weren't we like. Like you were going to be 45 and I was going to be like 43 or something. Yeah. Or 44, something like that. But now I'm not getting those states, so. Right. But yeah, I I was very confused. On my way home from the conference, the guy at the desk was like, at the check-in counter, was like, what's your uh, final destination? And I had to think about it because... I was like, where am I going? (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, Houston. And he was like, oh, I was just asking because I saw your Colorado license and I thought maybe you were going to Denver. And I was like, no, no, I'm not (laughs) going to Denver. But thanks for making me remember what flight I'm supposed to be getting on, which would be the flight to Houston. How do you feel about leaving Tampa after it being our temporary home for a month and a half and florida even you know because it was our home for like three months yeah we were there during most of winter yeah um i felt pretty sad about it but i think that the timing of the conference was nice because it was kind of like distraction from being sad about leaving because i was so busy at the conference that I couldn't think about how you were driving our home away from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I just really loved being in Tampa and being in Florida in general. And uh, so I was sad to leave it. Yeah. But I am happy to be in Texas because a lot of my family is here and I'm excited to see everyone and... So I know there will be good things happening in Texas. So what are we going to be talking about today? What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the ways which we deal with change. Yeah, because that was a big change that we had to go through. And actually, we have been dealing with a lot of changes in the past year, Um, you know, like constantly like moving from place to place and all that kind of stuff. That's a lot of change to have to deal with on a very regular basis. I mean, regular, even before we were in Florida, we were moving like week to week to somewhere else. Yep. So you can hear about some of those adventures that we've gotten up to in past episodes of the podcast, which you can find on our website, swepttogether.com. And you can find the share links for today's episode at sweptogether.com slash episode 69. 
Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes or podcast app on your iPhone, uh, rate us on on uh, on either of those. And you can go to swepttogether.com slash share the love if you don't know exactly how to do that because it's confusing. So we're now, as I mentioned, in Houston. Well, we're not in Houston. We're outside of Houston in Texas. Yeah, and this is our westward leg of our trip before heading back to Denver. And last night or a couple nights ago, I had this really weird dream about being in Austin. Also, that same dream, Cowboy was able to fly, and he was flying amidst a (laughs) bunch of birds that would, I don't know why, there's just like all these different kind of birds in the air, and he was, he was like, running away from me, flying away from me and I was couldn't he find to him. Was catch the birds? No, he was just flying and he was just flying away and then there, I saw birds of prey and I was fearing for his life because I knew that the birds of prey would be like, oh, you're coming closer to my mouth. Sweet. <laughs> but it was, you know, at the end of the dream, I couldn't find cowboy still. Oh, also there were goats that had <laughs> necks like gooses <laughs> and they were tiny like cats. They're cat-sized goats, but their necks were long or long like geese. Your dream world is <laughs> a strange place. But But anyway, don't worry, Cowboy's fine. He's sitting right next to me. He's sleeping right next to you. But anyway, no. So we had um, you know, uh it, it, in my dream we were in Austin and I remember feeling sad because, you know, uh, after Austin we only have like maybe one or two real stops between here and Denver. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're plan on being in Santa Fe and Albuquerque between here and Denver, but then that's it. you know, that's kind of it. You know, and you know, that's the last place before heading back home. Um so I felt in my dream and then when I also woke up and I was like, "Oh, I had this realization we're <laughs> coming to an end." you know, almost on our trip. I mean, we still have a couple months, but, right. you know, it was still like we have less trip than we did, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. And that was kind of sad because it was a big, you know, not only did we have this big change leaving um, Florida and Tampa, but now we have this other big change that is coming up soon that, you know, we're, we're going to be back in Denver and not on this RV trip. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy the amount of things that we've experienced over the last few years since being together. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, change is very stressful anyway um, for anybody, especially for um, a couple like that is dealing with a lot of changes. Like, what are some of the changes that we've gone through in the past, like, year, year and a half? Um, Downsizing. Because mm-hmm. we were downsizing your house, because you're you're getting rid of a bunch of your stuff, so that we can move into the RV. So yep. that was a big thing. Moving in together. Moving in together. Um, you were, you went full time in your business from being like for eight is it eight years or seven years eight years. Um, Eight and a half years. Eight and a half years of being employed by the same employer. Mm-hmm. 
And then now you're like, see ya. <laughs> yeah, that was a big change. Um, and then moving into the RV. And, and going on the road trip. Going on the road and moving. I mean, we were changing our campsite like... Week to week. Sometimes... Sometimes less than a week. Three Every three or four days, we would change to a new campsite in an entirely new city and possibly even an entirely new state. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married. That's a big change. Yeah. We had to completely adjust our travel plans because of you getting a new job. Well, a new project. Yeah. Um, and then, And then that was... You know, that was our kind of pace. And then we got to Florida and then we had a slower pace. So then we changed our pace, which, I mean, we were we welcomed it, but it was still a different, you know, a change. So how do we, like, how do we deal with some of these changes that, you know, probably a lot of other people have dealt with moving, downsizing, or, I mean, maybe not a lot, as many people have to deal with moving into an RV and driving around the country, but, you know um downsizing what did we do i mean i think i i deal with changes by (laughs) i mean trying to like organize them so i feel like when we were downsizing i had like all sorts of lists and piles and you know was trying to like stay as organized as possible so i think that's how i kind of dealt with the chaos that was downsizing you also read that book you know the is it Marie Kondo oh yeah life-changing magic of tidying up is it Marie Kondo is that her name mm-hmm. okay yeah that um, was something that was really instrumental to that whole downsizing yeah uh, helping to let some things go um and knowing that we like had a storage unit where we could keep the things that were really like really important, yeah. Really important. Um, although now I'm like, a lot of the stuff in there is not really that important. But that's because I have like a year space, and I think at the end, right before we left, we were like, "Ah, we have to leave tomorrow. Just put it all in the storage unit." Like I think that's kind of how some, <laughs> some of it went down right at the end there. Yeah. I'm sure some of that um, stuff in the storage unit could probably be given away. And I, so, I mean, there's some stuff in there, obviously, some like sentimental stuff and some heavy things that we knew we'd be coming back to Denver. So we just, um, you know, we just held on to them. And so that made, that kind of like eased the pain in the same way that like when my parents downsized from the house I grew up in, they had a storage unit. Yeah. Um, and it ended up like giving away a lot of that stuff. Yeah. They ended up getting rid of a lot of it um, because they were, uh, my parents now have two smaller homes, one in Chicago and one in Austin. And they were, which they've fully furnished already, so a lot of this stuff. Right, but they were hanging on to it because they're like, well, we have good furniture. Yeah. But they hadn't bought a place yet, so they were... Anyway, so there was like a period of transition where they held on to things. So it was like having the things in boxes um, and kind of like out of sight, out of mind situation made it easier to let those things go when... 
my parents were like, hey, by the way, we're we're downsizing our storage unit, so you need to come and deal with your boxes. And I didn't even, I was like, oh, I have boxes in there. That's right. So, but then it was it was a lot easier for me to go and be like, okay, I don't need this. I don't need this. But when my parents were actually moving out of the house, I, I had wanted to hold on to a lot of those things because they had value to me like in that space. At that moment. Right. So I guess the way we dealt with this change, because I mean, I, I did the same thing, you know, I mean, I I think we talked about it in previous episodes where like I had a bunch of boxes mm-hmm. from, I mean, you remember, yeah. I had all those boxes of random like college and even some high school stuff that I was holding on to. And then it was like, why do I still have this folder from my like calculus uh-huh. class or something? And that I will never use because I've never used calculus outside of college. And it's been with me for the last 15 years since I, you know, since I left college. So then I I had them just like you in a box stored away forever in a storage unit. And then, or in a closet somewhere probably. And then I was just like, I don't need this anymore. So I just pitched it. (laughs) So I guess that maybe that's a way to deal with change is to, you know, like let it, you know, kind of hang out for a little bit. And then once you're ready to, to let it go and give it up, then the right time comes and then you just do that, which we, which we did. Right. And maybe there's, you know, there's a, a, an accelerating factor because we needed to get rid of a bunch of stuff in order to move into the RV. So that was, you know. Mm-hmm. Something that probably accelerated that change a little bit better. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe if we didn't go on this RV trip, maybe I would have still held on to those folder boxes of folders from college. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe I would have gotten, maybe I would. it was time and it, I would have gotten sick of it, you know, seeing it in the storage unit, you know, last summer. And I'm like, you know what? This is dumb. Why would I, why am I keeping this, you know, stupid stuff? And then I would have come to that same conclusion. I don't know. Maybe I was ready at that point. And it was just like, this was a thing that the the RV trip was just, you know, a little nudge in the right direction. Yeah. So maybe that's, that, that's how that works. So that's one way of dealing with change. Yeah. I think the um, putting things in boxes is like a, a out of sight out of mind yeah it like thing. creates the separation i think the the minimalists talk about one of them oh yeah yeah he actually boxed up his entire apartment yeah like he was moving including all the furniture like wrapped it all up he had he had a a, a moving away party or like a moving party he had his friends come and help him box all of his stuff yeah and then over the next like 30 days, I, th- I think it was 30 days. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. He lived in this pile of boxes and only removed things from the boxes as he used them. Right. And then anything that he hadn't used by the end of the the time period, he didn't even unpack it. He just 
like got rid of it. Yeah. And that, that is That seems scary. That's very extreme. Right. But it goes it goes to show that like something about having it in a box like creates that you know, you get used to not seeing it. You get used to, you know, cuz I don't think I could give you an itemized list at this point of things that we left in the storage unit. There are a few things that I could name and obviously those are the things that like were actually really meaningful to me. But like I couldn't tell you like, oh, I left X, Y, and Z in the storage unit. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it just creates, it like helps with the emotional attachment to stuff. Yeah. What about the change of going from a full-time employment to full-time self-employment? Ooh. I can't talk about that because I haven't done it. So what about your experience? What was that change like? Um, How did you deal with it? So that change was pretty intense, uh, more so than I expected. Um, I'm celebrating five years of my business this month. And so Congratulations, I... Congratulations, babe. Thanks. So I kind of figured that... And then almost one year totally on your own. Almost one year of, of being... Um, on my own yeah like in a few weeks it'll be almost one year totally on your own yep um in april yeah and uh so i i kind of you know when i went when i went full-time in my business i'd already been doing it for a you know four years or so and so i was like yeah you know like i kind of got this i've got it figured out like it's not going to be that big of a deal but going from a side hustle to full-time gig was like pretty a pretty big transition. Um, there's definitely the like budget adjustment of like not having an income, a consistent yeah. income, and then you know not having the benefits and things like that, um, and then you know, not having kind of the um, the external influences to, like, get something accomplished. Um, because I think when I was working for... Like a, like a boss telling you what yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, kind of. But, like, also... So when I was working full-time and had my video editing business on the side, I... You know, a lot of the time that I spent working on my video editing business was like motivated by the goal of being on my own and like eventually going full time. And so then it was like I achieved this goal and then there was no like. There's no other goal. Right. Like to, I had. Now you were like an operation, like maintenance mode. Right. I was like, oh, I did it. Now what? Yeah. You know, and so I think I, um, you know, I did take it pretty easy the first couple of months because, you know, you were in between work and so, and we were getting used to life on the road. And so there wasn't that kind of like urgency, I want to yeah. say. Well, I mean, we were also like, you know, just celebrating the newness of being out on the road and then like looking at all this cool mm -hmm. stuff look at this cool thing that we're doing and <laughs> like 
you know, we are getting to see so many different things that we haven't, we hadn't seen before or an experience before. And, you know, being able to live in an RV, something totally different. So that was, you know, that was what we were focusing on. I think that was our design too. Yeah. So, but then it obviously got to the point where like I needed to be bringing in a real income and I needed to be actually like working and, um, well, not so much working as, as marketing because the big thing, the other big thing that I experienced when I went full time is that, um, marketing became something that like I actually needed to do. Right. Um, because when I was, when I had a side hustle, um, I had enough like word of mouth referrals that it kind of just kept my business going at that, um, at the level that I could handle when I had the side hustle rate. Right. Like, you know, my, my max capacity as a side hustle, um, it was kind of happening naturally based on the, the, um, work that I'd done and the connections that I'd built. But then now my capacity and my need was much higher as a full-time, uh, business owner. And so making that transition to like, okay, like I actually need to intentionally do some marketing and like learn how to do this. Um, that was a transition for me as well. So, um, I did things like joining a mastermind was really helpful for me. So getting a, a business coach and a group of other, uh, female business owners that we keep each other accountable and, uh, um, you know, moving things forward together. And so that has really helped me to kind of get things back in gear. I started that in October. Yeah, because it was right after or right before we got married. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you had to take a a week off. But it was, you know, one of the first weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think The week I actually... one or two, maybe week two, maybe was when we were out of the country and you couldn't join the weekly calls. That's right. So yeah, October was uh was when that started and so um so yeah, that's been really like a worthwhile investment for me to right. kind of help me to stay focused and set goals and uh move things forward. So. Yeah. Well, I mean the same thing it's, you know, when I was I had this big dream of getting my MBA and, and when I finished it and graduated after the first few months I was like oh I can stop being in school now <laughs> and I can actually have a life so then you know I went out and had a life because for the you know two years before it was like work then go to class then do homework then go to work then do homework yeah then go to work then go to class then go to you know go to a study session or something yeah that was like for two straight years not even like even through the summer there wasn't a summer break just did it through mm -hmm. the whole two years and so the first couple of months it was just like that it was just you know taking it easy for a little while and then it was like well now what do i do <laughs> you know yeah and you know there was some i have no idea what i did at that point <laughs> still trying to figure it out i guess <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, that's just something that you do for a little bit and then you, you know, you kind of ramp back up. Mm -hmm. um, what about getting married? That was 
another big change that I think, you know, a lot of people will, um, can relate to, or even not even just getting married, but like, you know, moving in together with a significant other or something like that, that is, you know, pretty significant cementing of a relationship. Yep. Um, you know, we, we, we started by, I think, planning a lot of this stuff together, you know, because, you know, we, even this, this podcast, you know, this is one of the things that we always tell people is like, when they ask, why did you start this podcast? And it was like, well, because we wanted to be better at being married. (laughs) And so we started it before we got married so that we could learn even more and then just like have a way to talk about stuff on a weekly basis between you and me and maybe other people that know how to know or have had successful relationships. Yeah. So, you know, we've, that's one thing that we've done is to prepare for the change um Mm -hmm. so that's you know what other things have we did we do to prepare for um getting married well i mean i would say that any of the big transitions that we've made in our relationship or like anytime things have like escalated in seriousness um i mean we've always just talked about it and I know that that sounds like kind of maybe overly simple, but I mean, I think talking about it in earnest and uh, and honestly and having an open and honest conversation is, I mean, you can talk about stuff, but if it's on a superficial level, you know, that's not necessarily that productive. Right. But, but I think we talk about it maybe more honestly and openly, you know, and that's how we we prepared ourselves for that change. Well, it's also how we like, I mean, not even the preparation piece, but also just as we experienced any of these changes, um, we talked about them, you know, how are you feeling about moving in together? Or how are you feeling about our budget now that we've combined our finances? Or how are you feeling about planning our wedding? Or how are you feeling? Like, you know, we were always kind of just like checking in with each other and not assuming that the other person was having the same experience as us um and I think like dealing with change is something that's like kind of inherently emotional um it brings up like a lot of a lot of feelings because you know you're you're used to one way of things being mm-hmm. and now things are changing even if it's a good change um there's still a lot of like feels associated with that right because it's not like your favorite thing to do because your favorite thing to do was the thing that you've been doing <laughs> and now you're changing that favorite thing whether it's like being in a new relationship or like moving in together or whatever you know being not that was your favorite thing to do, but then you have to do this other change to then, you know. It's, yeah, it's like the growing pains. Um, and so being able to communicate those emotions with each other um, and give each other space to have those emotions is, I think, something that was really essential to us as we dealt with change was just like 
if one of us was stressed out or one of us was sad or one of us was feeling one way or the other, we just would talk about it. Okay, so those are some of the ways in which we deal with change in specific examples. What about in general ways? Um, I could think of the fact that we have like, like the like we were talking about, we have honest discussion. Um, one thing that I like to do, which I know you might be all upset about me doing, yeah. it's like I like to ask you a question, you know, about what your opinion is of something. And then I've already formed my opinion on it. Yeah. And then I ask you what your opinion is. And then you're always like, well, what do you think? But then I'm like... I'm not going to tell you what I think because that would possibly even on a subconscious level influence the way you might form that opinion. So that's why I don't like saying it. Is that a good way of doing things? I mean, I think that's the like most, I don't know, um, the, the, the truest way to figure out like our actual opinions because if I ask you, what's your opinion on cats? And then I go, I don't like cats that have long fur. <laughs> <laughs> that might influence you, your opinion one way or another. But if I already have that opinion but don't tell you and then ask you what your opinion is without telling you, don't you think that's a better way to 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 ask your what your opinion is if i wanted to know your true opinion and then we can like talk about it because that's what event that's what we essentially do i say what's your opinion of this i already have my opinion you say your opinion then i vocalize my opinion so then both of our opinions unadulterated are out on the table and then we can have a conversation about it if if they differ then like then we can come to a compromise or whatever but then if they're the same then it doesn't matter right <laughs> yeah i mean i think that as much as i don't like it i do understand why you do that why why don't you like it i think there's part of me that doesn't like it because as someone who's like a um recovering codependent I guess having to share my opinion on something before I'm I know whether or not it aligns with your opinion can be kind of stressful yeah but wait what do you mean by stressful why why would it be stressful well because as a codependent your objective is to go along with whatever the other person wants and so oh. if they put you on the spot and say what's your opinion but you don't know their opinion you run the risk of potentially causing conflict and so i think that kind of conflict because you have conflicting opinions right potentially okay but um, i mean that doesn't necessarily mean just because we have different opinions doesn't mean that it's going to cause conflict well no. i don't think that that to me that doesn't con uh different perspectives doesn't equate to conflict to me necessarily no i understand um i'm just saying 
that there's a part of my brain that it, that does equate those two. Oh, okay. And I think too, like in my mind, because we're a unit, um, I think the the idea of me having an opinion or you having an opinion that's not at all influenced by the other person is like a bit idealistic. Mm, what 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 do you mean idealistic? Like for example, if you said, "Hey, I think we should move away from Denver and we should move to Houston." Or what do you I guess that's an opinion. So what if, <laughs> yeah. if you said Hey, what do you think about moving to Houston? This is something that you do all the time when we're driving around. We just drive through a city and you're like, what would you think about living here? And it's not, it's not like for real, but it's just like a thought experiment basically. Yeah. But. That's a good way of putting it. It's a thought experiment sometimes. But like I'm, because you're my husband I would never I would never think of Houston like I would never think of that question as like what if you didn't exist and I just wanted to like move to Houston like what would factor into my thought process would be well what's what's the job market like for me what's the job market like for you what about the things that we like to do there's no mountains here for skiing I don't care about skiing but I'm going to think about those things because you and I are a unit and I'm not going to do something without you, you know? And so like I could have an opinion about cats that have long hair and you could have an opinion about cats that have long hair, but like those things are linked together because that influences whether we who live in the same house have a cat with long hair. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so like to me, I'm, me being influenced by your opinion isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, mm. it is when when it goes to the extreme of codependency where, like, I can't have my own opinion. But I think that saying that I might have an opinion that's, like, not at all influenced by you. Like, if you were allergic to cats... I wouldn't be like, well, my opinion is that I love cats and we're going to have one. Like, Well, I mean, that's that's not an opinion. That's, a, you know, a decree. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, me saying I want a cat and you being like I'm allergic to cats, those are two, like, you know, that's inherently a conflict, but I'm going to be influenced by you in that situation. I guess I don't I don't look at it that way. I'm I'm looking at it from what is your idea? I want to hear your perspectives. If you like cats or if you don't like cats or if you like Houston enough to live in Houston or you hate Houston and you can't <laughs> wait to get out of here. You know, that I I want to know that. And then and then that way I can tell you my opinion. And then together we can come up with a single decision. But like these to me, these are like just data points like mm. in my in my head, the way I come up with decisions is let me gather 
enough data points to where I feel comfortable <laughs> to make a decision. And the data points are can be from, pulled from different sources, you know. Mm-hmm. And once I have all those things, then I can like think about them together in in, in you know one arena, mm-hmm. and then form a decision from those things. I mean, it could be I'm allergic to cats, but I will take Benadryl because I love this cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'm allergic to cats and I'm not willing to take Benadryl every day. So we're going to punt him out of the RV. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. But this I'm just is, saying, that's this... just what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that. That's the, that's my, that's the way I would make, that would come to a decision as opposed to, because you're like, you're kind of like distilling things as a whole. Right ahead of time and then putting it out on the table like if i was allergic to cats then your opinion would be then i don't like cats i don't want a long-haired cat (laughs) and then you'd put that out on the table because your opinion would be you know biased or at least influenced Hmm. you know what i mean but i don't want that i want to know what your actual your individual opinion is (laughs) And then together, we can make a decision on what to do going forward together, like you and me, because we are, I mean, yes, we are one unit. So I want to know all of the data points. Then together, I would like to make a decision. And that that's a conversation that you and I will have mm-hmm. based off of our individual perspectives and opinions. Because then if it's, I mean, that's just the way I, think we should do that yeah what's your opinion of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i mean that that makes total sense i think it it kind of comes back to you being like more of an external uh processor and me being like an internal processor right um and we've talked about that in the in previous episodes episodes where we've we've talked about conflict where i like to ruminate and figure out how I feel about something and then talk whereas you almost want me to just you want to just hear the process of me talking it out yeah and then come to a conclusion yeah that would be I mean that would be good (laughs) to you know for for me anyway so I guess it's not good for you I don't know (laughs) well it's just it's we just have different ways of approaching it so I'm sure sometimes we'll do it your way and sometimes we'll do it mine (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah that's um it makes sense now I mean it makes more sense that you're doing it for a reason and not just to drive me crazy (laughs) (laughs) you know what doesn't drive me crazy (laughs) is it the sweep up (laughs) yeah what made you feel love today Mm, what made me feel love today was when you came and took a nap with me even though i wasn't really thinking about taking a nap i was just laying down (laughs) because my head started to kind of hurt a little bit Mm. And laying down made it feel better. 
but then you came and laid down next to me and then we just fell asleep and took a nap for like an hour it was awesome was it that long dang i think so that's probably true i'm super tired from this conference (laughs) (laughs) there were like 600 people there and it was that's like more people than i talked to in like maybe six months (laughs) what about you what made you feel loved babe um, it made me feel really loved that you've been such a good sport about me having to work on the weekend. Um, I know it's kind of a bummer, but you haven't like complained at all or been sad that we've had to work. And uh, that has made me feel really loved that you're supportive of my work even when it means tight deadlines and working over the weekend you're welcome babe love you so how about those of you that are listening what made you feel loved today yeah let us know on our show notes at swepttogether.com slash episode 69 that was your line sorry babe (laughs) that is okay if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends family significant other And uh, start a conversation about how you deal with change. And tell them to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Um, We're everywhere on social media at Swept Together. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We are so thankful that you guys have stuck with us through all of the changes that we've experienced since we started the show. Yeah. And we really appreciate all of your support, your comments, and uh, when you reach out to us on social media, it just makes us super happy. Yeah, and until next time, love you guys. Love you guys. so sleepy that's all he's been doing all day sleeping that's all he does all his life i'm gonna put my phone on airplane mode look at that red cardinal right out there do you see it some bright red do you see it yeah it's like totally 100 percent red Why are you making that face at me? I'm not making a face at you. (laughs) I'm just not going to look at you. Yeah, don't look at me.